Welcome to Real Herbalism Radio, show 298, recorded at Big Dog Studios in Eugene, Oregon. Today's show is made possible by Ace High Graphics. We print custom t-shirts, hats, hoodies, bags, and more using a low-impact, heat-infused printing process you can trust. Get a quote today at acehighgraphics.com. Scent can awaken in us the deepest memories and the strongest and most visceral reactions. That can be a mighty powerful medicine. Today we're talking with Erica Gallantin, clinical herbalist at Sovereignty Herbs, about using hydrosols and essential oils to rewrite the story of your well-being. Now here are your hosts. I'm Candace Hunter. I'm Patrick Hunter. And, and welcome, welcome to, to Real Herbalism, Herbalism Radio. Radio. Welcome back, Erica. Hi, really great to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, I'm so glad you agreed to come back because there was something you started talking about a little bit the last time we were chatting, and it really got me thinking. I love hydrosols, and I love essential oils, and I love the connection you talked about with the emotions. Yeah. Well, we can dive into some really juicy territory tonight. Oh, yes. Let's do, because, yeah... I mean, it is, it's true. It's true that scent is, awakens really powerful emotional reactions. And it's been astounding to me, some things like, for instance, the scent of rose. To me, it reminds me immediately, I go straight to my grandmother's garden and the roses. And then my other grandmother's house where she had the scent of roses was always in the air. And that's that, you know, and I remember being like a six-year-old kid and the warmth and the joy that grandmothers always brought. And and Patrick, on the other hand, gets this like immediate uh, unhappy <laughs> reaction. Isn't that interesting? Uh, uh, Isn't well, that interesting? Yeah, there's a there's a specific hand cream that Candace uses that has this smell. And it harkens me back to all of these mean old ladies when i was a kid they all smelled like that so she rubs her hands i'm like you're not a mean old lady (laughs) meanwhile i'm like grandma's rose garden (laughs) isn't this now this is it this is so fantastic this is so fantastic this is in essence the power of aroma in a nutshell and um you know and it's it is about the memory that has been actually gets logged with uh, an emotional reaction in in the brain that can then get re-inspired every time we come across that one particular smell. And we can totally, I'd love to dive into a little bit more like geeking out a little bit more on on how that works and how we can actually, you know, use aroma to um, change our memories and change our emotional reactions. So, um, but I think one of the, Oh, go ahead. Oh, I want to get to how we can change it, but I definitely would like to understand better why. I mean, why does it work yeah. that way? Yeah. Well, I think the first, I'd like to even back up a little further if I can. Okay. And do, one do. of the things that I, I really want to um, back up to is this overall recognition for the fact that our emotional well-being and what's going on in um, the psyche is what Carl Jung, who's a, a famous, um, famous, uh, you know, deaf psychologist, Carl Jung, talked about as the psyche, right? And the psyche, uh, you know, being this, its own system, its own system that's constantly seeking homeostasis. This psyche and the physical body have a deep connection. Um, and there, there's all different kinds of uh, scientific inquiry um, you know, fields now that are really focusing on how emotions and the psyche impact the body and vice versa. 
And so we have to start to really, before we can really tap into um, the, the power of what we're going to talk about here, this beautiful, powerful thing, it's also important to really hold space for and recognize the fact that our physical and, uh, you know, and well-being in the psyche is going to be uh, d- deeply impacting our physical well-being as well. And this is, um, you know, this is, uh, this is a quote from um, Macbeth, Shakespeare's Macbeth, where he says, give sorrow words, the grief that does not speak knits up the overall heart and bids it break. Mm-hmm. And there is such a thing. I this is a yeah. whole. I when I was um, you know studying herbal medicine in the UK, I did my uh, dissertation on the grief process mm-hmm. and how grief affects physical health, oh, yeah. and how we could use herbs not just uh, you know corporally, but we could actually use them talismanically to help navigate the grieving process with our clients. And my focus was particularly on rosemary, which has this really wonderful oh, yes. deep folklore about. Uh, you know, kind of supporting grief and also supporting memory. Um, mm-hmm. And a lot of it breaks down to uh, its aromatics and because of its aromatics. Yeah. And so there is, you know, we see with, you know, the grieving process, for example, you know, we have, um, you know, something that's even called broken heart syndrome. Mm-hmm. Um, and in my research, yeah. you know, I, I, you know, in my literature review was able to come up with, you know, huge associations between the grieving process and, you know, things like clinical depression, um, cardiovascular disease, immune system function issues. Um, and then even like a couple of years ago, really was diving very deeply into shame, shame mm-hmm. as a, a kind of an emotional sequelae. Yeah. It's not just one feeling, but it's kind of like this, there's all kinds of uh, umbrella. Shame is kind of an umbrella, um, yeah. but it's around us all the time. It's, it's uh, yeah. you know, I think if I can say so, it's, it's really been weaponized by capitalism to um, keep us afraid <laughs> and keep us buying stuff. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. But shame is actually, you know, starting to come across a lot more. It's being talked a lot more about now on, on all kinds of levels for a variety of reasons. But it has been shown in these kind of preliminary studies to really induce uh, a pro kind of inflammatory effect. Mm-hmm. And so we have this, we start, we're starting to get really strong examples of very, you know, deep, um, you know, emotional processes that most human beings experience at one time or another, actually having really profound impacts on physical health, right? Yeah. And so, you know, as coming coming from this perspective as an, an herbalist, right? So I, I'm not a mental health professional. I'm not a counselor. I don't have, you know, I'm not a social right. worker uh, and I'm, I'm not an MD. So I, I'm not prescribing anything. But how am I as a clinical herbalist going to be working with my clients who are, you know, undergoing these deep emotional transitions and <clears throat> are obviously having, they're having a very significant impact on their physical health. How do we how do we start working with that space? How do we how can we use the tools that we have to support them uh, in in doing that work? And so, to me, this is really where um, we can dive into this idea of of aroma from plants because my goodness gracious, they have yeah. so much to give us. They so do. Yes. Um. Yeah. So. So. Should I just go for it? Should I start talking Jump. about it? Because yes. I have so much I, I can mean, say. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes, definitely. Okay, though, great. I mean, how? How does this all work? How does this all work? Right. <clears throat> so our our sense of smell or our sense of olfaction is um, actually mediated by a nerve called the olfactory nerve. Um, and this is one of 12 cranial nerves um, that we have. 
that actually only has a sensory function. Most of the other cranial nerves, uh, all of the other cranial nerves, I should say, actually <laughs> also have a motor function, right? So this is the only sense that we have that is just a sense. It dominates and it is hard. highway. It, yeah. Right. And it is, it is the only, it goes straight into the brain. And unlike other other information coming in from the nervous system, which is usually filtered and relayed uh, by something called the thalamus, our sense of smell, so olfactory information, goes straight into the brain and without being processed in the thalamus, goes straight into an area referred to often as the limbic system. And mm -hmm. this includes, uh, you know, um, a variety and sundry different organs that are really responsible for what they believe is the emotional response and the creation of a memory as a result of, of that smell. Okay. So our sense of smell is actually hardwired into our okay. emotions and our memories, hardwired, like rapid nice. fire straight in there before it even gets processed um, by anything else. So, so there's this, this thing they call the, um, Hydonic response, hedonic response, which do you remember going to the doctor when you were a kid and like sitting on the table and they would, you know, they would do the reflex test with your knee, yeah, you know, with a hammer yeah. and your leg and would flip jump. up, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, so this response, this going, you know, we have, we smell something and before we can even, we can even give that thing a name before we can even consciously recognize what we're smelling. So this is, you know, this happens quickly, very quickly <clears throat> before we can even consciously, you know, recognize what we are smelling. We are having a, re a reflex response to it, which includes an emotional reaction and a memory. It happens instantaneously. And, you know, think about it. There's no other interaction with the world, sensory interaction with the world around us that behaves so fast and so acutely and so potently yeah. when it comes to our uh, emotional lives. So the the physiology is just That's, mind blowing to the to the point where they don't yeah. even actually know yet. And there's people who study this physiology. They don't actually know yet how a a, a molecule ha that gets actually gets to this this one these wonderful pieces of tissue which are kind of located right between the eyes, and how how the that tissue then is able to in the nerves that go through it translate the aromatic molecule into a nerve signal they, they don't even wow. know yet yeah. what that physiology is right i mean right. it's it's like really it's cryptic stuff primal that's very primal very very primal now they say that you know okay so dogs for example they've got oh, yeah. way more uh you know coding for way more smells than we do but they oh, yeah. say that you know for the human that we have this you know we can smell up to like you know ten thousand plus different types of aromas and that most of them are actually bad <laughs> We're programmed to be able to smell, to recognize more, all the bad stuff, <laughs> to recognize all the bad stuff and have an emotional reaction to it. Right. So, yeah. so some, some olfactory physiologists believe that, you know, this, this hard wiring is, you know, it is old, it is an old sense. Yeah. And it was very much involved in actually keeping us alive. Like, yeah. don't eat that. That's going to kill you, you know, yeah. or, you know, you should probably stay away from that animal because, it doesn't smell right. Yeah. And so, you know, our sense of smell at one point, they, they say, or they believe from an evolutionary standpoint, was this, was very powerful in keeping yeah. us alive. 
um, especially with the consumption of toxic substances. So you can think about that. that We are programmed to smell more bad things than we are actually (laughs) to be able to smell good things. So I think that's kind of interesting. That is really interesting. It's really interesting too, when you think about how a lot of people who struggle with things like depression and anxiety, one of the things they struggle with is in their thinking, always looking at the negative instead of the positive. Mm -hmm. And that's Mm -hmm. so closely tied to what our sense of smell is naturally already designed to do. Recognize the negative, avoid it. And, you know, that's interesting. It is interesting. And what else is interesting on that note is that when we start to look at our sense of smell in regards to emotional well-being, there's a massive connection between the loss of sense of smell and you know, mental wellness or mental, even mental health issues. So um, there's definitely, uh, you know, we see this with cognitive function. So Mm -hmm. in Alzheimer's disease and dementia, there's often an associated loss of sense of smell. Um, They've actually found in uh, the research as well that there can be a a connection between long-term clinical depression and an alteration in your sense of smell. Um, we also have, uh, you know, you know, mental health conditions like schizophrenia, where you get completely different, you know, you're, you're smelling an orange and really you all, what you're perceiving is rotten eggs. And so, mm-hmm. um, there's, there's a lot of olfactory miscommunication that happens with, um, you know, mental health conditions like schizophrenia. And so, um, and we've also, there's also research most importantly, and I think this is really interesting for the times that we're living in now that, um, Oftentimes, people who lose their sense of smell, right, Mm -hmm. who actually have lost their sense of smell, that it actually does impact their emotional well-being deeply. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's probably a a multivariate reasons why this is the case. But I think about all the people out there who have, you know, contracted COVID um, and who, while they were ill, have Mm -hmm. lost their sense of smell and who have not gotten it back. Yes. Um, And so, you know, not to say that we know how long loss of sense of smell due to COVID is going to last. We just don't have right. that data, but yeah. you know, it, it does say to me and to think about losing your ability to smell, even if it makes you think of, you know, nasty old women, yeah, to right. lose your ability yeah. to, have, to have, to have this sense in our yes. lives every single day is, yeah. you know, it's kind of like, Oh God, I don't know what I would do if I couldn't smell things. Right. And, you know, similarly, it also makes me think about all of the, I have so much I can say about this. So I'm like chatty, chatty, but (laughs) I even think about, you know, all of the artificial scent that is Mm -hmm. used now everywhere around us. It's being pumped at us. You know, you walk down the laundry detergent aisle at the grocery store and it's like overwhelming. Yeah. We avoid that. aisle. Um, That's a headache aisle, man. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. And, just too and much. so, yeah. you know, and, and it's interesting because this also leads into the fact that aroma is so powerful that they're even now using it to influence consumer behavior. Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, the, the, one of the most classic examples is, you know, Burger King mm-hmm. pumping out the smell yes. of its grills out into the air around the building. Yeah. Because that smell of cooking meat for, not for everybody, obviously, but for a lot of people, makes them want to go eat that food. Oh, yeah. Even, um, I mean, even people who are vegetarian, I, I've spoken to people who are like lifelong vegetarian, 
And they're like, yeah, that makes me want to eat. Not necessarily am I going to go into Burger King and buy food, but it gets the salivary glands moving. It causes your body to just react. Right. You know? And so it's interesting because we can think about this shadow side of aroma that, Mm -hmm. you know, we have artificial scent and we have, you know, we even have, uh, you know, kind of a being manipulated as consumers by a scent mm-hmm. uh, happening as well. There's, there's a yeah. whole, there's a whole it's, side of this, that is this amazing primal sense. that's so powerful. Um, that's actually being used in these really, you know, negative ways. Yeah. So it's, it's, in, it's in everything that we're doing. And it's so interesting because it's one of those sense that people senses that people just tend to kind of ignore. I know we act you as know? if it's meaningless. Uh, it's the least, yes, it's the least, least cared for or favored or talked about sense, but it's probably mm-hmm. the most powerful one. Yeah. Well, and it's like, I've heard this excuse. Oh, well, we don't smell things as well as dogs. So our sense of smell is crap. And I'm like, <laughs> what? What? <laughs> yeah. Just because we don't have like all the olfactory receptors, we just have less, you know, doesn't mean that our sense of smell is absolutely meaningless. There's so right. much, there's so much power in our ability to smell and how right. we can use the sense of smell to really impact our lives in yes. really beautiful ways. Yeah. So well, for me, the sense of smell is definitely a go-to place when I need comfort especially I'm going to, I'm going to say it, even though it sounds really stupid when I am like totally been doing a ton of emotional eating and I realize it and I wake up to the fact that I've just gained 10 pounds and perhaps I need to stop eating all the cookies and other not so good for me things. The first thing I do is pull out my incense or my essential oils or the hydrosols. And I start going to that every time that craving or that desire to eat shows up. It doesn't take very long before what I'm craving is the smell and not the food. I mean, yeah. it's amazing. It's, it's amazing how fast it works. Yeah, it really is. It really, really is. And so we have our, you know, we have this period of time when, you know, we're our, our quote unquote formative years um, where a lot of these, uh, uh, you know, you guys spoke about at the beginning mm-hmm. of the show, like with um, with Rose, you know, it reminds yeah. you uh, happy grandmas and <laughs> then it reminds you of not so happy grandmas. So, right, so, <laughs> so, <clears throat> so it's interesting because these impressions that we have that, you know, and sometimes we can smell something, we don't even know what it is, mm-hmm. but we're like, oh my gosh. And th- that reminds you exactly of a yeah. particular moment in time and the memory comes flooding back to you. Um that we have a lot of this programming that takes place, uh, you know, in us while we're still very young. So a lot of our, mm-hmm. our, you know, formative years and our interactions with aroma while we're, while we're young children up until our teenage years is really, really critical. Yeah. And I, I think about, um, this is a really f- funny thing to think about, but I, you know, I, I have a nose piercing and so I, I use a saline solution sometimes to clean it. Right. And right. I, I went to the, uh, I went to the store to, cause I ran out of the stuff I usually use and I went to the, the baby aisle because they have, uh, you oh, know, yeah. they have the, the, the saline for babies, you know, yeah. and I, I didn't, I didn't read the bottle because I just, you know, whatever, I just grabbed it. And then I, when I took it home to my chagrin, there was <laughs> the most horrible, like synthetic smell that they Aww. they had they had put into this preparation Aww. and I thought my god they're putting this into a baby's nose and this smells like plastic barbie dolls 
it was really, it's oh, really bad. That's bad. I almost thought I have to write to the company. This is terrible. <laughs> this, is mistre- this is a mistreatment. This is a mistreatment of babies, you know, yes. but, but it's interesting. So, yeah. so, so we have, we create all of these really formative memories at the beginning of our lives. Mm-hmm. But what's amazing about our sense of smell is that it's it's plastic. It's not static. Yeah. So even though, uh, for example, uh, you know, Patrick, you really don't really appreciate the smell of rose. Mm-hmm. There is a way to actually change those emotions and create Ooh. new memories to go with it. Ooh, I like yeah. that. I really like that. <laughs> now, yeah. to can, be fair, I don't know if it's just the rose in that <laughs> lotion. There could be something else in there. <laughs> Um, because, try, because, you know, because I mean, in food, we've had, there's, um, Golubjaman, which is an Indian dessert is uses rose water. I yeah. don't have a problem with that. So yeah. I think it's something in that hand lotion. Um, Candace says it's rose, but I don't know. Anyway, go ahead yeah. with your, with your, yeah. with your, how do I change him? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you spent the time and money on a new website. You've made all the right choices, or seem to, and you still do not have the website traffic you need to make your website create money for you. Mudpodesign.com can help you get the traffic to your website to have it start making money for you. Get a free SEO audit at their website, mudpodesign.com slash free dash SEO dash audit. Well, so this is really, this is a really interesting point. And I, you know, I would say that I don't know if there's actually been any studies about specifically changing somebody's emotional response to a smell but there it is known that after time um you know things that we find to be disgusting and smell bad we can actually learn to think that they're they smell good so mm-hmm. a really good example of this is um you know looking at like the smells that come from decay mm-hmm. and of course you know what is appealing to us as a sense of smell is not there. We, we do have some similarities across humanity, yeah. uh, but, but there is also cultural context here as well. And so, so the, the smell of rotting food, um, you know, and, and a good example, I think of this is, is, uh, the fish sauce, for example, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, um, yeah. you know, that, that some people are like, you know, it's like, this smells terrible. Right. If you were to just pass it by on the street and never had smelled it before, you you know, right. someone like myself, who's, you know, kind of a white Western woman would be like, ew, gag me with a spoon. Where's the dead fish? Yeah. But, um, but over time, you know, uh, I mean, I remember being a child and being introduced to fish sauce and I was like, no way, you've got to be kidding me. And now I, I appreciate the smell of fish sauce. Right. Yes. So, yeah. so over time we can actually change, we, they know, we know, people know, and researchers know that we can't actually change what we deem as unpleasurable as our, you know, as a sense to something that is uh, desirable. So it is possible, um, but the the pathway is going to be different depending on on what it is um, and the benefits and the intentionality behind that desired change. So, um, you know, maybe you just need to waft your lotion under your husband's nose while he's sleeping and massage his feet at the same time, or I don't know. Notice uh, I said feet. Yes, I, said, I was going to say. Yeah. A, a, better, a better association <laughs> than what I have. So, there yeah. You go. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, I think that, um, so, so one of the ways that I've really, you know, how do we, how do we utilize aroma from plants then mm-hmm. to, to yes. have an impact on the psyche? And, um, you know, I think one of the places I'd really like to send listeners to is to uh, the work of Kathy Skipper and Florian Berkmeyer of Aromanosis. 
um, at aromanosis.com because this is really, they have really have beautifully captured this terrain um, and has, they've created this really accessible way of, of working with aroma and the psyche. And to me, their work has been uh, foundational as far as um, how I have, I have brought aroma into my practice and how I have learned how to distill aroma from plants. And so um, I do encourage people to check out what they're doing over there. It's really beautiful stuff. But we have to, we have, so we have this wonderful sense of smell, but we also have on the other side of this, this whole idea of like, what is the psyche? How does the psyche function? Um, and, and what is the psyche all about? And, and trying to then connect the two, you know, right. how yeah. do we use aroma to influence the psyche? And so when we think about the, the psyche itself, um, I'm talking about it from a kind of Jungian perspective. So this is looking at the, the work of Carl Jung um, and his predecessors since then. And looking at um, the psyche, it's, it's not the mind. Um, some people refer to yeah. it as the mind, um, but it's, it's more than just that. More, it yeah. is uh, the totality. What, what's, what Carl Jung says here, by psyche, I understand the totality of all psychic processes, conscious and unconscious. Yeah. And it's more than just our emotions. The psyche is this kind of thought to be the starting point for, for all of human experience. Yeah. And one of the things that Carl Jung believed um, and that I, you know, that I really have enjoyed about uh, learning his work was that the, the psyche itself is the self-regulating system. So, you know, rather like the body, we've got, you know, we have homeostatic and allostatic mechanisms in place. Um, for our both our protection, but also for our development, right? Our right. development, yeah. and so the psyche is the same. That you know, uh, it, it's that it's seeking to maintain a balance between opposing qualities while constantly striving for growth. And this growth is something that um, you know that Carl Jung referred to as the process of individuation or becoming the self with a capital S. And right. so, so, so we're we're on this journey. Um, in, yeah. in this idea, in this, in this psychological realm, we are on this, our psyches are on a journey. We are on a journey with our psyches. <laughs> our bodies are our vessel and the two of them are interacting constantly. Yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, and, and just like our sense of smell, our psyches have the capacity for growth and change. They're not yeah. static. They don't just stay still or stay one thing. So, right. so that's kind of where the two you know, come together. And in, and this is going to all make sense in a second, I promise. But <laughs> one of the things that, you know, I think is really fascinating about the way that I distill aromatics and the hydrosols that I, I create here at Sovereignty Herbs is I, I really like to utilize this idea that aroma is usually logged into the brain with a memory. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, so when, when the aroma comes in, uh, we have an emotional response and a memory that's kind of logged that then is associated with that aroma, that, that very specific aroma. Right. And when I think about it, well, what is a memory? What, what exactly is a memory? A memory is a story, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, so when I'm looking at this from a psychological perspective or from like a, a depth psychology perspective, um, you know, one of the things that the psyche loves the most mm -hmm is our myths and stories. Oh yeah. Oh, um, yeah. and this is where, you know, we, we find our archetypes. This is where we find, um, you know, uh, you know, inherited what, you know, this kind of, uh, collective unconscious that, that Carl Jung talks about. And so, so my thoughts were when I started distilling and I started putting these pieces together that, okay, so if aroma can carry stories into the mind, 
why don't we try to assign a story to that aroma? Let's create a story surrounding a narrative, create a surrounding that. So you yeah. already have that story that can then go in with the aroma, right? Right. Um, and I think that it's been very, very useful because one of the things I do with that when I'm distilling hydrosols, for example, is that I will bring in all these different elements that um, each have their own meaning, meaning right? right, and their own relevance to the story that I'm weaving as I'm distilling. So I'm I'm thinking about you know distilling the the soul of the plant, right, which is its aroma. And this very beautiful alchemical, you know, process of distillation, and and in this process, which takes a really long time, I'm also writing a story with that plant. And at the end of that story, or at the end of that distillation, we come to this the end of the story. And and with the way that I distill, that that hydrosol has uh, all kinds of meaning that has been distilled with it yeah. because I've brought in uh, symbology from things like the tarot. Um, I really, you know, I, I think about what's going on astrologically and I, I bring in, you know, um, again, these, this is all archetypal. Yeah. This is all psyche food. I call it psyche yeah. food. So, <laughs> I, you know, I bring in what's going on with the cosmos. I, you know, I bring in, uh, you know, different stones, different yeah. uh, things I found in the, in the forest surrounding my home, different found feathers, uh, you know, and looking at the symbology of, of the animal that's there, that's with us. And, I remember at one time I, I was distilling and it was at night. Uh, sometimes I distill in the middle of the night and um, just, just for fun and to bring that energetic in. Oh, yeah. And um, there was this wonderful tree frog that just oh. wanted to hang out with me the That's whole time. Wonderful. And he, and he was just jumping around the altar space. I created this like altar space for the distillation. And he was like jumping yeah. around the altar space. And I got up close to him and I got to take his picture. And oh. he was just looking at me like, what are you doing? This is really cool. And then occasionally he'd chirp yeah. and make his noises, you know. Oh. And and for whatever reason, the, the tree frog was there. And so the tree frog yeah. became a part of the story of that hydrosol. And so when this is over, I have this list of keywords that come out from all of these elements that I have brought yeah. uh, from the folklore of the plant, from the astrology, from the tarot, from things like the tree frog. Yeah. And those get those get put on a card that go with that hydrosol. And nice. so with my clients, I will just hand them a set of cards and I'll say, just go through these. Don't think about it too hard. Look at the photo and look at the keywords and pick and pick one that really speaks to you. Yeah. And I try to not make them overthink it too much. Right. But then they they pick one and I go, okay, this is your hydrosol. You keep that card. And this is the story that you need right now. Nice. So every time they oh, go to beautiful. use that, yeah, every time they go to use that hydrosol, they've got the, the imagery that I create with the card as well yeah. as these keywords to really remind them of the narrative that they really need at yeah. that time. And so this is often how I'm starting to use hydrosols in my clinical practice. It's, it's, it's guided by my clients, right? I'm not saying, Oh, here, you need this. You should use this hydrosol. I'm letting yeah. them choose uh, based on the imagery and the keywords that have come from that distillation process. But a lot and of so, times we know deep down and I, I'll bet you anything, you know, you hand it to a client and say, this is, this is the card you chose. This is the hydrosol that goes with it. This is the mm -hmm. story. They take a sniff of it and it'll resonate probably really, really fast. You yes. know, I mean, they'll know that it's right, yes. right there. Cause we know, we know what we yes. really need. We just don't always have a conscious capacity to see it. 
Yeah. And it's great because, you know, I, although hydrosols have a limited shelf life and mm -hmm. they're like, you know, they're, they're water-based, so they can go off, you right. know, yeah. um, quick, more quickly than tincture or essential oil or whatever. Uh, but they are, you know, I, they come in these small enough bottles that they're practical yeah. for, you know, use. Yeah. Where like, you know, you carry the hydrosol around with you. I just don't leave it in a hot car, yeah. but you carry, <laughs> you carry the hydrosol around with you and it's like, you need it for a second. Yeah. You can just pull it out and just spritz, 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 breathe it in. Remember the keywords from your card. Remember yeah. the imagery and move on. Yeah. Just and so you have this wash. really, yeah. yeah, like you mentioned in our last interview, yeah. you talked about how you feel like hydrosols kind of are like the, the sea washing over the sand. Yeah. It's exactly that. It's exactly that. It's really quite beautiful. Yeah. 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 It's powerful. It, it is. Well, and it's interesting too, because I think when we're looking at one of the things I love about hydrosols is, is this watery nature that they have. And, you know, again, coming from this, the, the depth psychology perspective and this, I, you know, this idea of, um, uh, you know, the alchemy, that alchemy that comes up a yeah. lot in Carl Jung's work. And one of the stages, yeah. alchemical stages is salutio, uh, which is the, the, the dissolving that happens in yes. these and 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 the solutio in the psyche is is the emotional response is the emotional yeah. realm it is it is solutio is water yeah it is water water the yeah. ultimate solvent and so you know we think about our emotional well-being and it is a very watery place yes uh, just like our unconscious our deep unconscious is this very watery deep deep ocean place mm -hmm. and so you know it makes sense to me that if we're going to use aroma, um, you know, to help support the psyche that the, the, the water is actually there, uh, yeah. physically, you know, in that yeah. work. And so it's a really nice way to, to bring the alchemy to my clients as well. Yeah. And I, I believe that all of the work that you do as you're distilling, you're infusing that water with that energy. And there, I mean, what there is, there have been studies that talk about the structure of water changes depending on the environment it's in and the emotional stuff that's going on around it. So what you're creating yes. there really in it influences the hydrosol in a really powerful and positive way. I believe so. I and believe then, so. And then that new structure is carried through the scent deeply into the body and the yes. psyche. I mean, both at the same time. So yeah, exactly. I yeah. Yeah, that's that's definitely how I feel about it too. Yeah. Uh and you know, I mean a lot of people could pass it off as just a lot of woo, but that's right? fine with me. I don't mind a lot of woo sometimes. And I, I'm also very very grounded in science also. So I think there's room for all of it, really. Yeah. Well, I mean the woo woo yeah. works. It's the first two letters of works. It works. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to put that out there. Is that a bumper sticker? Uh, <laughs> uh, a new t-shirt. New t-shirt design. Yeah. Yes. Woo works. I love it. I love it. Um, and where can yeah. people get your book? Oh, yes. Yes. Oh, yes. So, um, so I wrote a book a while back. <laughs> We haven't even talked about the book. Well, we talked about the book last time. Maybe we, we, we should we link did. them to the. Oh, well, that's it great. doesn't hurt to say um, it again. Yeah. Yes. So. Okay. Well, so I I did write a book a little while ago called "The Family Guide to Aromatherapy: A Safe Approach to Essential Oils for the Holistic Home," uh, which is a really great starting place for individuals who are just now getting into essential oils and are wanting to approach essential oils from a safe place. 
um, and from a, you know, kind of a safe perspective. And it's a really great book. It takes you, um, it takes you through basically all of the different age groups and all of the different uh, oils that are appropriate or even not appropriate for those age groups. And there's a whole bunch of really wonderful recipes in there and oh, just yeah. like fun things to get you started. Um, so you can find that book on my website at sovereigntyherbs.com backslash shop. Uh, you can also find it on Amazon um, as well as some of the other big book suppliers. But that being said, sometimes it's better to just buy from the author themselves. And that way I can, I can sign it for you. Um, oh, yeah. 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 All right. So I guess with that, put, put an herb on, on it. it. Oh, oh I forgot you? to say it. Oh, I dropped it. I dropped it. Okay, I tried, I'm ready now. I, I, ready I was now. on the thing. Okay, wait. Try it again. Ready? Okay. Put, Put an herb on it. Herb on it. Yeah. <laughs> I think I have to have a cue card next time. I... <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That would be that awesome. That would be helpful. That would be awesome. <laughs> we should actually build a cue yeah. card. Thank you so yeah. much for being with yeah. us, Erica. It's been wonderful. Oh, Thank you so much for having me. I greatly appreciate it. The statements made about herbs and products on this podcast have not been evaluated by the United States Food and Drug Administration, FDA, and are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. All information provided on this podcast or any affiliated websites is for informational purposes only and is not intended as a substitute for advice from your physician or other healthcare professional. You should not use the information on this podcast and its affiliated websites for a diagnosis or treatment of any health problem. Always consult with a healthcare professional before starting any new vitamins, supplements, diet, or exercise program before taking any medication, or if you have or suspect you might have a health problem. Any testimonials, questions, or case studies are based on individual results and do not constitute a guarantee that you will achieve the same results.